Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Monsieur Levingston. <laughs> as, you, as you like to be known. Actually, actually, I was on your... Because um, you and I are in a WhatsApp group together. And yes. um, I saw that your profile is like an Eiffel Tower behind uh, yes. it. <laughs> I was like, maybe this is just my subconscious. <laughs> I saw that today. I was like, oh, I wonder how long ago that was. How long ago were you and Rach in, in Paris? Uh, it was pretty much, it's pretty much this time seven years ago. Wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah, 2016. It's crazy. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Um, was that just like a single Paris trip or was there other Euro? It was a Euro, it was a Euro adventure. Yeah, nice. I cool. actually hated Paris. Really? What do you hate about it? It's dirty. The locals <laughs> aren't very polite. And I always thought we're going to get pickpocketed. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <that> was <laughs> Rachel's experience was very different than mine. I was just, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy Paris. Well, guys, this episode of Vandal is brought to you by C Paris. <laughs> We'd like to thank the uh, Paris Tourism Department for funding this podcast. No, yeah, look, it is kind of one of those things, I think, with Paris that I think it's maybe so romanticized that, like, it's not going to probably live up to the hype. No. Anyway, so, anyway, I think I just like that picture. Oh, it's, it's a cute nice picture. picture. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. look, how can you go wrong? Two, like, beautiful young people in love. Eiffel Tower in the background, yeah. free kids. Two kids. <laughs> living yeah. the dream. Yeah, living the absolute dream. <laughs> Li- living actual dreams and being woken up every every three hours. Yes. So uh, good. So good. No. Uh, and you've had the last few days off, Murray. I have, yeah. Me and uh, Em and George went to Wiseman's Ferry uh, down to Del Rio Caravan Park, mm. which was lovely. Probably sounds a bit fancier than it was, <laughs> Del Rio. <laughs> but I feel like if you put anything in another language, especially like Spanish or something. Yeah, but, yeah it was lovely. It was really, really fun. It was actually um, crazy because they were telling us how they'd had floods three times in the last year mm. that had literally the final flood been above the roofs of the house. I yeah, guess, wow. I don't know, just put into context, just the height of a normal one-story house. Like, mm. um, So, yeah, it was crazy to think that people so nearby were so just slammed by floods mm. last year. Is the park still completely destroyed down there? Um, look, it's been, I think, rebuilt. Okay, and like, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've redone it again. But okay. it's definitely, you can tell, like, there's still some weathering on yeah, okay. some walls on buildings and stuff yeah. that, yeah, is definitely uh, still feeling the, the after effects of it. In September, I took the kids down one time, Rach, was at a wedding. And, yeah, we got there and it was just completely washed away, the park. And it's just, like, sand everywhere. And I was like, oh, yeah, kind of didn't put two and two together that, yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah, so yeah, well, no. it's crazy. Hey, it is insane. It is absolutely insane. Mm. But yeah, but um, I mean, look, floods, anchors—not our best segue. <laughs> that we got there. Yeah. I, I think usually segues work better when it's not just associative words put yes. together yes. in a muttered sentence. Yes. But um, we were continuing uh, on Sunday our series, mm. jumping into Hebrews, and yeah. you unpack chapter one and two for us. Quite a meaty chunk of scripture yeah. there. Um, I think like the first question I'd love to ask you is what was it about those two chapters that you like, I want to put these two together and focus on these for the first uh, in the series? The honest answer is time. <laughs> um, the second I asked, I'm like, I think I know what this answer is. Uh, yeah, most commentaries just have Hebrews like versus chapter one, one to three is like, yeah, you just do a sermon on that because just unpacking that alone is 
but I felt like that was like from a big like concrete perspective like one and two kind of have the same argument which is yeah. Jesus is superior to the angels yeah and I, I like Haiku taking big picture readings mm. of a letter. It's easy like to narrow in and just kind of get bogged into detail and sort of lose mm. like the forest from the trees. Mm. And so I, I've actually found forcing myself with a time limit of, oh, I've only got like eight weeks. Mm-hmm. How can I get through a whole book? Mm-hmm. It actually was quite helpful in mm. seeing the bigger picture and the arguments flow. So, mm. yeah, it's time constraints. But also, yeah, I feel one and two just have that thing about Jesus being superior to the angels. Mm. And so unpacking that. But it's fairly dense. Mm. Like there's quite a lot in there if you're not sort of yeah. aware of the Old Testament. Well, I mean, there's even a, a lot to unpack purely on what our um, presumptions are around angels. Yeah. Like angels are, are these weird beings. Mm. That there's not really a lot about them in the oh, Bible. No. They sort of pop up now and again. But yeah. there's, there's a lot of mystery, I find, shrouding them still. Yeah. Well, you get sort of like a Zaya with the seraphim and cherubim, and they're not like the fat, chubby little babies that yeah. we kind of see. They're like six-winged creatures with, yeah, like kind of weird components to Yeah, different human animal heads, heads like and lion yeah. head, and ox head. Yeah. All these sort of weird things. So, yeah, certainly strange creatures. Mm. But I, I think why the author starts off with angels was because of their role in what Jews believed in delivering the Torah Mm. to Moses Mm. and so yeah if you're sort of thinking about rejecting Jesus and going back to Torah Mm. it's a good place to start well actually let's let's unpack why the son is better than the angels Mm. and then that flows into this week's sermon about how Jesus is better than Moses so there's Mm. like this kind of like Mm. continuity Mm. in the flow of his argument but Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but even that, like, if you're not familiar with the Old Testament, you're like, wow, what, why is he talking about angels? And why is he mm. quoting, like, all these different random passages from mm. the Old Testament? And, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I tried to help people yeah. digest <laughs> complex theology yeah. in 20 minutes. No, it's good. I think that this is, this is probably the most banter question I've ever asked. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you brought up earlier today when we were chatting about, um, the differentiation in translation mm. of Psalm 8, quote, yes. um, in the NIV as opposed to the ESV. That is such a loaded question in and of itself. Mm. I feel like people would have zoned out halfway through. But essentially, to simplify it, um, within Hebrews, um, mm. is it Hebrews 1? Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Within yeah, chapter yeah. 2 of Hebrews, um, the writer um, yeah, quotes Psalm 8. Yeah. Um, But the translation of that is a little bit different from the ESV to the NIV. And there's actually some really interesting things going on there. What's going on? Yeah, so Psalm 8 is a reflection on Genesis. Mm -hmm. So Psalm 8, the psalmist, looks at the world around him and he's like, wow, what is like man, i.e. like humankind that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you care for and you made him for a little while lower than the angels. And yeah, and uh, what... Psalm 8 seems to be is talking about humanity as a whole. Mm. I thought you, you know, you've given, which is a call of Adam and Eve to rule and subdue over the earth. Mm. And so Psalm 8's just reflecting upon that and marveling that, wow, like in the grand scheme of things, you've got God, angels, humans, and yet we're the ones that, humans are the ones that were called to rule over the world. Mm. And so, so, so Hebrews 2, after sort of unpacking, yeah, about the sun being the heir of all things, and he uses those psalms of, 
yeah, King David's son ruling yeah. and then but the angels just you know being ministering spirits and the warning about drifting away he goes back to Jesus being made fully human and so in the NIV it says what is mankind that you are mindful of them a son of man that you care for him you made them a little lower than the angels and crown them with glory and honor put everything under their feet and so every commentator says well the book of Hebrews is interpreting Psalm 8 as talking about Jesus mm. so it's interesting that the NIV has made it about humanity as a whole mm. and actually Hebrews 2 is arguing why Jesus had to be made human mm. and so there's so what is it how does the ESV read so in ESV says what is man that you are mindful of him the son of man that you care for him you sure. made him uh, yeah Rather than sure. saying them. them. And so in the NIV... Pronouns matter, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah. So, yeah, like that's probably, yeah, a little bit of nerdy banter stuff. Yeah. What What is a cool um, thing is, I, I kind of mentioned it briefly in the sermon that the opening verse of Hebrews is really well written for mm-hmm. Greek. It's mm. full of rhetoric. And so in Greek, it starts off, Polymeros, kai polytropos, um, palae, ho theos, lalesa, tois uh, patresin, and tois prophetas. So I don't know if you understood any of that. A little My bit. Greek's pretty rusty. <laughs> but there are also P's. So yeah. polymelos, polytropos, palae. Um, Prophetes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pat- Patrician, um, prophetess, like so. Prophet- so these words start with P, mm-hmm. the pie, and like it's meant to capture your ear, mm. and it's like he's really going for it full on to mm. ensure that his listeners, audience, because this would have been even though it's written, it would have been read out loud. Mm-hmm. So his listeners are like their ears are captured straight away to mm. understand the importance of this argument. And mm. I was reading another commentator. He called the word like it's he's expanding his argument. Like part of the rhetoric, it's like, okay, yeah, the son is the one through whom God created the whole world and is the heir of everything. And mm. then he unpacks, like it just keeps building on. You got better than angels, better than Moses, the great high priest, all that. It's like building upon it's this real classical rhetoric style to put mm. across his argument. So it's mm. just a really well crafted some people call it a sermon. Mm. Sermon letter, it doesn't matter. Well really well crafted piece of, of writing. Yeah, writing yeah 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 it is really interesting because the reality is we have the average person so little uh texts mm. from that period um to compare it to and then as you've said you sort of lose something like alliteration of an mm. opening sentence when it's then translated to english probably would be really awkward and forced to try and recreate yeah. that alliteration mm. um and it is sort of just a, yeah, really striking reminder that these epistles um, are works of very um, articulate and skilled rhetoric. Mm. Um, it is kind of, I don't know, just I think a helpful thing to remember sometimes. Mm. You kind of take it for granted. And even when you're reading it in English, it can seem a bit stilted, yeah. and awkward. But this idea that this original letter to its original sort of listener was beautiful yeah. and poetic mm. and stunning. I think that, yeah, is just really great and yeah. really interesting reminder to the value of scripture mm. in that way. No, really cool. Um, I, I do find it really fascinating. Um, you kind of spoke about this idea within that Psalm 8 of a son of man as well. Mm. Um, uh, obviously a very charged 
uh, thing, but very much in line with this idea of the Son of Man being higher than the angels. Because when we look at a book like Daniel, you see the Son of Man on a throne, Mm. riding on clouds with angels or, you know, seraphim, cherubim kind of around him. Um, With this idea of Son of Man, what would have that meant for Hebrew listeners? Yeah, great question. So, because uh, uh, when Jesus is being crucified, he never says, oh, I am the Son of God. He says, you'll see the Son of Man riding on the clouds and the right hand God, they start tearing their clothes. Mm. They, yeah, no, they, exactly. get up, they get upset about it. It's <laughs> like, know, why are you so upset? Like, oh, he's equating himself with God. That's yeah. why they're so upset. So I think that would be part of language. But then at the same time too, Ezekiel's just called the Son of Man. Yeah. So there's sort of yeah both, I guess, yeah. there's a... A son of man who Daniel saw, who would be, yeah, what we call the Messiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also just son of man yeah. is just well, is a it, human being. Is it difference between a son of man and the son of man kind of uh, thing? I guess so. Theologically, yes, there's we there's would a, say that son a of a man, title? which is Jesus. Yeah. yeah, but our son of man. Yeah, and that's even like the ESV. It's like or the son of man. Yeah, we care for him. So yeah, it's made yeah, that yeah. like oh, this is talking about Jesus. Yeah. So. So it is interesting. Would you mm. say that the writer of Hebrews in this moment is somewhat rephrasing or as, yeah. oh. you know, maybe Eugene Peterson says, like, you know, paraphrasing yeah, Psalm reckon, 8 in a way? I reckon so. Well, he's, he's changing it to make his theological purpose. Hmm. His, um, it seems sketchy in some ways, it's, right? Well, like, it's, it's a, yeah. Um, we can do, we last week talked about the word midrash yeah. for how Jews. And like in midrash, you'd use scripture to to interpret scripture and yeah. to right, reinforce your point. And so his point is, is well, in, in the verse before he goes, well, it's not to angels that God subjected the world to come, which we're speaking, i.e. like, you know, it's not, the restoration of this world is not going to be given to angels, it's yeah. given to people. And so then he's justifying that because he's already said Jesus is going to be the heir of all things. Mm. That's in yeah, chapter one. And then he uses those verses, you know, you are my son today. You know, I've begotten you. I'll be to him a father. You shall be to me a son. And all that. So this idea setting up like the humanity, well, the etern- eternality of Jesus, but also his humanity and using Psalm 8 to justify that, that the lordship over this world is ultimately God's, but also humans. Mm. But it's a special human, Jesus. Mm. So, mm. so he's doing there. No, and then, that's cool. uh, and that's what I love about these opening two chapters is you start off with just Jesus' absolute supremacy. Like mm. it's like wow, like yeah, this is the one through whom God created the world, who upholds this universe by the power of His word. Like just phenomenal language. You can see why most commentators just focus on those three verses. <laughs> yeah, do whole yeah. sermons on that, like just unpacking that. But then you get down to the end of chapter two, where I finished, and it's like you know for. Is two eighteen for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. So you've got this Jesus who's the heir supreme, upholder of everything, but also one who was tempted mm. and able to help us. And so, yeah, it's just I think it's a great insight into how the early church viewed the incarnation of Jesus: fully God, fully man, mm. and that mystery which we can't, as a finite human, comprehend. But somehow it's there. Mm. Yeah, and so it's. I think um, I might might, Mm. uh, jump forward Mm. a little bit for a second because I think that sort of goes so beautifully into what you're talking at the end about are we uncomfortable about Jesus' humanity Mm. and some of the 
uh, logistics um, or vicarious uh, intricacies that that entails of mm. God actually being fully human. Um, I didn't kind of get a chance to, you know, get every one of them, but the fact that maybe he had pimples, maybe he had a crush on a girl, maybe he had B.O., uh, you know, he definitely got tired and had sore feet and suffered temptations like us all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have my own thoughts, but I'd love to hear what what was yeah. it about that quote that you found challenging? Because obviously it struck you because to... I actually found it a little bit irreverent. Irreverent, yeah. So when I read it, so I found it from the in the NIV application commentary. So, and he a quote of a quote, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it and I was like, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. I'm very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Which made me think that actually, it probably means that it's like hit a sore point on me. Yeah. I haven't really thought about Jesus' humanity properly. Mm. Like I'm just sort of like, oh yeah, Jesus got tied on the boat and fell asleep. Oh yeah, Jesus got hungry. Mm-hmm. I kind of happy with those parts but mm. yeah when you're talking about the pimples or maybe being tone deaf I'm, yeah mm. having the crush and all that I was like oh like I don't know how I feel about that mm. I didn't oh, my first thought was I don't feel comfortable with that and I guess mm. that's yeah and if that's me who's a 21st century westerner imagine like first century yeah. people who like yeah, Yahweh is one like ooh, yeah like that's huge so yeah, I just see it like it's challenging just even my perceptions of Jesus' humanity. Mm. Like he yeah, was fully human in mm. every way as we are. Just yeah. without sin. But yeah. also with the brokenness of well not the brokenness, but the weakness I should say, mm. of us. Yeah. There's something interesting in it as well, beyond um the yeah, a, a reverent mm. nature that it can come across mm. to think of, you know, Jesus having pimples or yeah. having a crush on a girl. Or, um, I think there's also something that puts this huge onus on us that um, when Jesus says that, you know, we, we can do even greater things mm. and this idea that we have full authority through him, you're like, well, as far as um, maybe resting on some not a laurel but excuse that you know we oh but that was jesus Mm. like he you know was god well yes but also he was fully man and did things that we are capable of doing as well in a lot of ways obviously there's some transubstantiation on the cross (laughs) and there's some stuff going on but you know this um life that he lived um leading people towards god these you know miraculous wonders that we see like all these things like jesus sort of challenging us that we can do that too and that's like a really hard teaching to swallow Mm. but if we can kind of go oh yeah but you know jesus was a special human and it's like yes but also no Mm. like he limited himself fully to a human um, and in that is the awkwardness and the pain and the frustration. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, was Jesus ever bored? Like, it's these things that yeah. become very challenging and confronting for me about, okay, cool, if we're called to be like Jesus, what does that actually look like when there's no excuse for Jesus having done, you know, all these things that, that mm. we can also do. Like, it's, I don't know, I find it really challenging and confronting yeah. and messy. <laughs> it is. Like, in like, well, chapter 217, this is the ESV, it says, therefore he had to um, be made like his brothers in every respect. You're like, hmm. Like, talking about humanity there. Mm. It's like, yeah, like that's, yeah. That is messy. Very messy. And 
I guess that's part of Jesus' ministry to touch lepers. That's pretty messy. Yeah, yeah. Touched yeah. a bleeding woman. Yeah. Super so messy for yeah. first century Judaism. Yeah. Yeah, like so. I think that's part of his ministry. Is it's just a messiness. Um, yeah. It's a little bit off topic, but in small group this morning, we looked at Romans eight, and there was a question in about even though like the word Trinity is not there, what what aspects of the Trinity do we hmm. see? Hmm. And yeah, it, it is quite like. When you start to look at it, you can see like, oh, there's the Spirit. But it's like talks about the Spirit of Christ, just the Holy Spirit, God. And you're like, oh, there's there's no like clear. Like as Westerners, we like things clear, like, mm. like systematic. Mm. The Bible just isn't clear. It's like, yeah. here's the Spirit, here's the Son, Spirit yeah. of Christ, God. And it's all kind of yeah. there as one yeah. God, but... Yeah, it's very and modernist here, thinking needing to yeah. put things into definitive categories, car- categories and yeah. Boxes. And so here it's like, wow, well, you know, it's yeah. That's that's what particularly the back end of Hebrews to just really uh, yeah unpacking that whole yeah like two fourteen yeah therefore since therefore the children share in flesh and blood he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death that is the devil like. Yeah, partook he himself likewise partook of the same things. It's like he's talking about flesh and blood. Like, mm. yeah, just really unpacking that whole. Jesus was like us. Mm. Jesus was like us, but he was faithful, mm. but also God. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just that, that messiness. And I guess too, like if God could be figured out, he wouldn't really be worthy of worship. Mm. <laughs> this is the fun part. We're mm. left with like this mystery, but also a comfort. That's what's cool about Hebrews is, yeah, you get the warning. It was interesting. I preached through Hebrews 2015, so that's a while back. I went through some of the sermons just out of curiosity. And there was one sermon all I preached on was the warning chapter. And I was like, oh, man, I missed out on just, yeah, sure, the warning's scary about not drifting away. Mm. But that's just one part of the whole. Like, warnings aren't just there. And that's that's not just the final hmm. say. Hmm. It's about, hey, don't drift away because there'll be terrible consequences. But you know what? Guess what? Jesus, he also hmm. was tempted and overcame hmm. it. Hmm. He can help you get through that. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah I find, well, I remember one book I read, it said you can't divorce the theology, like the Christology, I should say, say the study of Christ hmm. without the pastoral concern of the book. And so they're like, deeply interconnected and yeah you, you can you can like, you unpack that a bit what um, do you mean by the pastoral concern of the so book? the concerns if the, the letter's written because the church the church this is called the church hebrews yeah we're drifting <laughs> the, away yeah well they were drifting away they yeah. were for whatever reason were thinking oh jesus isn't enough mm. and so that action the author is gone well that is against the gospel mm. like if you keep going down this path you'll be behaving in a way that's not mm actually you will lose your salvation yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's a real pastoral concern i'm writing this to you so you don't fall away so you mm. don't throw your faith in mm. and so he's using his the theology his christology and christology is a theology and christology those are just fancy way of saying like study of god study yeah. of christ yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. using that for pastoral reasons mm. it's not just head knowledge mm. it's knowledge so you act like unpacking the supremacy of Jesus. It's not just, oh, how cool, what a cool fact. It's actually should lead to a behavioral change. Like, mm. Well, if Jesus really is the heir of this world mm. and the final revelation of God and superior to the angels, mm. maybe I better take him seriously. But it's also what I can also find company. If, he, if I'm feeling tempted to quit or to sin, Jesus mm. also felt that way and can mm. give me the strength 
because yeah. he was the faithful high priest mm. to keep going. Mm. And so, yeah, you're getting this really dense theology, which, you know, commentators write big fat books on unpacking, but yeah, also yeah, yeah. it's about a pastoral concern. It's about mm. an issue that people were facing. And mm. I've said it in church a few times, well, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some people here at the center that are tempted to go back to Judaism. Mm. Most of us, yeah, it's not the thought. You, know, <laughs> you start sacrificing at tabernacles or something. But we, we struggle with our own equivalent yeah, of going sure. back to oh, man, old yeah. ways. Yeah. And so in some way you can you can take that and be like, well, okay, I struggle with X, Y, and Z. Mm. Do I believe that Jesus is greater than my equivalent mm. of angels, mm. my equivalent of Moses? Mm. And, and it's like, well, I can draw comfort from, well, mm. you know, Jesus, he was made like us. So we can be brothers and sisters and that he suffered when tempered when tempered so he can help me when i'm being tempered that's deeply comforting mm. what's also deeply comforting is like well jesus upholds this world by the power of his word mm. like that's really for me i find that deeply comforting nothing happens randomly mm. i did ask in a small group this week how does that you know wrestle with the whole concept of evil happening in this world but mm. yeah for me it's like i may not have an answer for why say the earthquake in turkey happened mm. or terrible disasters but i know that you know, there was an old sunday school song he holds the whole world in his hand mm. like that's that image for me it's like that's the god mm. i worship jesus mm. that we want to make the center of mm. yeah. yeah love it you said something really interesting before about um jews understanding that torah was uh, i suppose delivered to moses mm. through angels and you made a really interesting counterpoint in your sermon which mm. is jesus mediated torah to moses a really that's mm. a, a, a big statement that i love mm. and i've been getting really excited by in my own sort of studies mm. and looking at the moment of the burning bush and all about that but i'd love to i'd love you to unpack that a bit what do you mean when you say jesus mediated torah to moses that probably seems like a weird comment to some people yeah because um, <laughs> I, I don't read jesus's name anywhere <laughs> when like you know uh, moses is praying to god or anything so mm. yeah so yeah, it's it kind of a bit like that Trinitarian stuff sure. I was talking about before in Romans. Um, there's a figure in the Old Testament called the Angel of the Lord. Mm. So a great one is at the burning bush. Yeah. Moses sees the burning bush, and he's, it's identified as the Angel of the Lord. But as they're conversing, it changes to the Lord. Yeah, and the Angel of the Lord, you're like what? Like it's one and the it's almost like the same character. It's yeah. this Angel of the Lord figure, and yeah, similar thing happens when the israelites are wandering through the desert after the golden calf incident. It's like mm -hmm. well my angel's gonna go before you they have to listen to him because my name is within him you're like mm. hang on hang on mm. how can an angel have your name mm. in it and so yeah there's that idea of mm. like yeah god having what what they call in theological language persons so you mm. know one god but three different persons father mm. son holy spirit it seems mm. like there's a person what we would call the son Mm. has this role mm. in mediating to Moses himself. Mm. But, yeah, the angel um, thing, that's, yeah, you might find a Bible verse on that, but it was like a, a bit of a second temple Judaism sort of belief that the angels came down. There's some pretty weird beliefs about Moses. Sure. They, yeah, we'll talk about it on yeah. Sunday, but they reckon that he ascended into heaven and basically told the angels, oi, bring the Torah down to me. <laughs> like, that's yeah, sort of this... Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, he was, was the greatest. Is the greatest prophet he was. For, for the Jews, right? So, so you you mm. read that moment of the angel of the Lord appearing to Moses in the burning bush as a moment of a pre-incarnate Jesus? Yeah, possibly. It's uh, it's hard to kind of put hard and fast answer, mm. but yeah, it seemed like there's mm. yeah persons of God that mm. are still God, but. Yeah, separate. Like how Speak we speak with the Jesus. authority yeah, of God, God. Have like the name of yeah. God reveals to them. Yeah. yeah. Also, like with Abraham and the three strangers. Yeah. Like clearly, they're three men. Yeah. Two of them are angels, and like we find out that Abraham's negotiating with the Lord. Mm. And you're like, hang on, but weren't there three people there? Like, what's going on? So yeah, yeah, these sort of yeah. I think I mean like I think that it is like just such an interesting thing when you start talking about Jesus being greater than angels mm. and then you see in the Old Testament maybe there is this angel like figure that we are led to believe actually is Jesus. Yeah. I mean would it be fair to say that even something that we spoke about before the the very word angel what that actually means yeah, which is messenger, messenger yeah. and it's like at what point are we talking about angel as a verb <laughs> yeah. um, and at what point are we talking mm. about angel as a noun, noun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it is like a, a tricky word because mm. a lot of people don't think of angel as a verb kind, no. kind of thing yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it's messenger. not a perfect verb yeah, but, but I know what you mean. more like a, a doing thing yeah. than an actual type of person mm. that's really so. interesting um, I think that um, I, I found it really interesting your illustration at the start from that little comic book uh, yeah. And it's something I'd love to talk about because essentially you're, you're talking about uh, when you're unpacking Hebrews 1 and 2, um, Jesus's true identity, mm. right? Yep. Um, and ultimately how we can in different ways get that a bit twisted. Mm. Uh, I think there's so much to unpack there. Um, the kind of four, I think, that were in the, yeah, so um, the genie, genie Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, John Lennon Jesus. Cool Dad Jesus and Zig Ziglar Jesus. Awesome. I don't really know who that is. Yeah, I had no idea who that was either. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, but yeah. the idea the kind of a yeah. bit of a prosperity yeah. vibe was what I was getting. Yeah. I, I assumed he was some successful businessman Probably, or something. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I, I suppose I want to quickly look at each of these because mm. do you think it would be fair to say that each of these um, misconstrued mm. Jesuses do have an element of truth to them? No, I don't want to go that far. Maybe, maybe the John Lennon Jesus. Yeah, all you need is love. That's true. Mm. Jesus doesn't want to give us gifts, like uh, spiritual gifts. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, depends on how like you wanted what you define as gifts. Yeah, for sure. And I suppose that's what I mean. Like, it feels like a bit of twisted truth that there is an element in each of those. Probably the cool dad Jesus is probably the one that you don't like. Jesus isn't the cool dad Jesus. Sure. I grew up. I know you didn't. Did you go on a youth group culture in the nineties? Uh, yeah, Jesus, my home dog. That was a big sort of thing we used sure. to write on our like Bibles. Yeah, yeah. That idea of like, yeah, Jesus, is sort of like cool. He's kind of with yeah. us. Yeah. I don't think that's one you can yeah, really yeah. draw truth from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Jesus is a friend, but not like yeah, he doesn't just overlook whatever we do. Yeah. So, but I think you're right. Yeah, there's probably an element of truth to each of these. Yeah. yeah. What would you sort of say? I I, I kind of felt mm. like it was missing. I suppose my critique of the comic. (laughs) I feel like um, whoever kind of made that comic Mm. maybe showed their hand a little bit in the types of Jesus that they didn't 
include mm. like the Southern Baptist Jesus who's all about fire and brimstone <laughs> yes. or even what was the other one? Oh, the political lobbyist Jesus. Oh, that was in there. I didn't put it in. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, was in like, there? There was like eight of them. Yeah, I just yeah, put yeah, four yeah, in. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It is interesting like mm. the kind of ways that we can project different things. Yeah, so one of them was a Jesus. Bernie Sanders. A Bernie Jesus, Sanders. And then one of them was a Ronald Reagan. Yeah. yeah oh, I was just put four in. I don't want to add too much. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, but yeah. yeah. And then there was another one too which I just didn't. Oh, there was a Mr. Rogers Jesus. Sure. Really get that. Yeah, one. I think it was just be kind to everyone. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Felt like it was like similar to John Lennon. Yeah, it's kind of a mix between Cool yeah. Dad and John Lennon. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think like the the fascinating thing is there are probably people who were there on Sunday and whether they identified or not, they probably do have a slight, you know, um, tinted lens in which they view Jesus. Mm. Um, would you say that there is sort of a one answer fits all to each of these? I kind of feel like each each mm. of them sort of have their own, I suppose, uh, misconceptions or fallacies yeah. that need to be corrected. Yeah. Um, how how do we make sure that we have a rounded view of who Jesus is? Oh. Is there are there are there multiple strategies to that? Yes, there is. The boring answer is scripture, sure. Which is why going to like that's why I found just going to Hebrews is very helpful yeah is it sets up like i called chapter one one to three is like the executive summary which kind of works kind of doesn't so jesus upholding the whole world by the power of his word you're like okay then you get to chapter 12 and talks about god disciplining those that he loves and Mm -hmm. so in one sense it's like well it's almost like the discipline is allowed and that's how like looking at it from a a forty thousand feet view of the book i'm like oh that's really helpful. Like, mm. if you understand the whole book, it'll, it'll help you understand things in life. I've heard someone tell me, like, God would never allow his children to suffer. Mm. It would make it hard. I'm like, that's the stupidest statement I've ever heard about God in my life. Mm. Like, it's almost promised that <laughs> don't be surprised when the fiery trial comes on you. Mm. And so people, well, yeah, look, people come to their own views of Jesus from a whole bunch of different life circumstances. Sure. Like and even sort of incorrect teachings yeah, that they receive from people. Yeah. And even when you read the Bible, you misread, misunderstand, like, what what the meaning is because you don't understand, like, the context behind it. But I just found Hebrews gives you this great picture. Uh, keep going back to it, but just Jesus being supreme, but Jesus being human. Jesus doesn't promise wealth. Mm. So take at the end of Hebrews chapter 13, he's like, hey, you know, don't don't love money. Mm. He promised, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Mm. Like that's mm. sort of part of it. It's, yeah, you know, the, the challenges that we experience in life. Well, Jesus himself had to experience challenges and mm. he overcame them because he was faithful. You too, if you believe in him and don't cling on to your faith, you can overcome the challenges in mm. life. It's, so yeah it's to try and understand jesus not so he, we're often like it's like the white man jesus that's what's good about the um oh i forgot the name of the tv show and the mind blank the one that um one that you showed in church the middle eastern looking jesus actually. oh the chosen the chosen i just was going to call it the beloved i was, no, like, That's I was, not right. I was definitely going to say the wrong show so i'm yeah. glad we I'm glad. the chosen <laughs> like yeah so even like how we think about jesus long hair blue eyes white skin mm. like we have a bit of a western mm. jesus mm. and so going back to scripture original languages mm. as much as possible if you can mm. just some of that cultural context behind it mm. that helps to 
dispel, dispel I should say, mm. any myths mm. that you have. And that's, now that's hard to shake. There'd be some people who would see the Zig Ziglar Jesus as like, well, you know, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he said, so that's ask. I'll ask whatever I want. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that's not quite what mm. it means. There'd be some who would think, well, Jesus was just about love. I'm like, yeah, he did preach about love and forgiveness, but also was pretty intolerant of sin. Mm. Like he'd forgive people, mm. but he was always like, hey, go and sin no more. Mm. Like to that mm. woman caught with adultery. Yeah, yeah. or even just speak of, you know, the judgment that's coming <laughs> to those who don't follow yeah, yeah. and repent, you know. The, yeah, there's... The fire Jesus. and the gnashing of teeth. <laughs> yeah, Jesus spoke about hell a lot more than he did about heaven. Yeah. And like there's some words. Yeah, I actually found it funny when um, sports chaplaincy... They they used the Luke ten passage to going the sending of the seventy two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always cut it short when he starts talking about whoa to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just yeah. focus on the nice. It'll be parts. better for Sodom and Gomorrah <laughs> on the day. Yeah, you're like oh okay. Like you can't. Like, and it actually is like I get, I get why sports chaplaincy don't talk about that show sure. but like well, it actually is part of the message as, as, as a side note someone did bring it up and we went way off track yes. and wasted too much time <laughs> yes. so that is the other thing yeah <laughs> but like only but got a few hours with us but yeah, yeah it, is, it is part it is of the message like it was a message of hope yeah. but also judgment and yeah. that's probably what yeah tried to get across with hebrews one and two is that you've got you set up the theology you have your old testament background and you get your warning and you get scared you know you're going to drift away mm. and if the message to angels, well, and you uphold angels and Torah, you know, let's say for the message declared by angels proved to be reliable in every um, sin and transgression. Uh, yeah, hang on. Oops, gone back. Was was justly punished. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? So there's... Mm. Yeah, that's pretty scary, actually. <laughs> but you should be pretty scared. Like, if you have drifted away, yeah. like a boat without anchor. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that's, like I said, it's bit of fear bit of mm, judgment but yeah. then there's like hope and doesn't yeah. sit in that so yeah i think that's beautiful i think that, that i think that we can sort of um get a little bit caught up when we start talking about fear of the lord mm. or these sort of awful things the good news mm. is that jesus wants to rescue yeah. us from that he wants to bring peace mm. and you know joy and hope mm. into that place of fear and uncertainty yeah. um and I think that that can kind of be the part we almost we almost miss the final chapter or the final mm. sentence in that story. Yep. It's like, yeah, there is this fear, there is mm. this you know fearsome, I suppose, power and judgment that's coming, um, and a, a fearsome power of the Lord. But mm. ultimately, like that is the good news yeah. that we are we are on that team. You know, mm. I almost think of when I used to play rugby with like a bunch of like massive Islander guys. I'm like, glad I'm on your team. Like, <laughs> if I wasn't on your team, like I would get destroyed. Yeah. I feel like you know in a very crude way yeah it's kind of like this similar vibe it's yeah. like yeah they are to be feared like mm. god is powerful and jesus is powerful but ultimately when we're on the side it's you know mm. the opposition who really we're to pity yeah. and feel you know sorry for um because they're the ones ultimately who mm. are going to need to face that that wrath yeah. um yeah really and interesting yeah and i've said it multiple times i feel like it just has to be reiterated again and again like that whole which i just find a mystery yeah that whole him suffering when tempted helping those who are being tempted so it's like that describes to me love mm. like if jesus was uncaring mm. he wouldn't write that but it's mm. like he's he actually cares about helping you when you're tempted mm. yeah and that for me i find that just deeply comforting that mm. yeah jesus can be 
you said cool dad image like kind mm. of a cool dad is sort of tries to be a friend like jesus is our mm. friend well it even says here in chapter two he's not afraid to call them yeah brothers or yeah. sisters yeah. like family he's yeah, like actually yeah. you're part of my family yeah, now. yeah yeah like that's really really yeah, yeah. cool yeah have that so you're saying even there might be a grain of yeah, truth in cool dad jesus be. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've been convinced <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think that it's really helpful to continue mm. to be thinking about the identity of Christ mm. um, because it is so easy to project things onto it. And I think yeah. constantly coming to it with a fresh um, perspective that's willing to be changed and challenged. Mm. I mean, that's essentially what these first listeners to this letter were being challenged with, mm. that they had a limited or a, I suppose, self-perceived view of Jesus. Mm. And yeah, they're like trying to be challenged that. And I think we all struggle with yeah. that in our own ways, whether Christian or not. Yeah. <laughs> and perhaps too, like Jesus can feel very boring. Mm. Um, yeah, if there's sort of no power in your life, it's interesting, the Apostle Paul talks about uh, the gospel, about power and self-control. And you're like, wow, like power. Like, Do we yeah. really talk about that power in the name of Jesus? Jesus. Yeah. So there should be, Come on. I'm not saying everyone you know has the gift of tongues or prophecy or healings, but there should be an element of power. God's spirit lives within us sure. as living stones of his temple. Yeah. Like this, some sort of God's power is it in us which is just phenomenal to wrap your head around and so that yeah even if you just think oh like church is boring christianity is boring it's like actually like this the spirit of christ (laughs) to use paul's language in romans is within us and that spirit raised jesus from the dead yeah is within us and you're like wow yeah like that's quite remarkable yeah Amen. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So even that, even if you're feeling just like, oh, Jesus is boring, like these chapters can help reframe your view about Jesus. Yeah. That's so cool. Like, yeah. So cool. Any uh, closing thoughts on Hebrews 1 and 2 as we uh, wrap up? Yeah, I'm excited to unpack next week. Yeah. So nice. the argument builds upon. And so this is what's been fun about having to be forced to condense a book like this into like big slabs. It's, yeah. You're like, oh, actually, you can see these big ideas flow yeah. and they all connect yeah, yeah. so the idea so 218 will flow straight into 3 verse 1 which I'll pick up next week and we mm. can unpack about yeah Jesus being greater than Moses mm. so yeah uh, which again you've already said today it was just mm. Pretty charged thing to say to some early Jews yes. as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, love it. And they almost almost deified Moses yeah. in some ways. They yeah, just yeah, thought yeah. he was. Yeah, but but what's cool is author hebrews he doesn't like he's still honest moses but doesn't like sure doesn't destroy him doesn't yeah, 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 cut yeah. him down yeah. he just goes hey, he still honors him yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so he's that's part of i think that writing strategy just a great writer mm-hmm. knows his audience knows his words mm-hmm. and it's, yeah he's he's innocent as a dove as a dove and wise as a serpent oh, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. jesus would say yeah no i love that so, i love that yeah. some i think so, a little lesson for us all there yeah <laughs> so uh, good well yeah, yeah what a joy as always mm. uh thanks, thanks for the chat thank and, you uh, yeah hope uh that was enjoyable uh to listen to as it was to chat Turn we look up, forward yeah. to seeing you on sunday see everyone bye bye Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life.
Be blessed.